rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Before we get to that, David, um, again, go heading over to IMDb. We have an entry here up for the mercenary technician we see in this episode, in these in the next few minutes. Um, Robin M's British actor, again, like the uh, the two sub-pilot uh, mercenaries, not a lot here from his IMDb that um, is familiar. Yeah, I've not seen any of these actors, neither that two in the previous minute that we'd mentioned nor this guy and really anything mm. he reminds me of one of the uh, scientists in Prometheus but we probably shouldn't go into that <laughs> um, so yeah the article link for the article here is uh, on the run sheet we get with the uh, show notes for the episode when it comes out here's some bug spray bug spray the T-Rex would be dead by now right no, it's impossible to know the max lifespan of a clone in a completely different environment. Take a caveman that would have lived 20 years. Feed him prime meals, give him health care. He's going to live five times as long. So she'd be dead by now, right? Dave, ready to get a minute four of Fallen Kingdom? I am. All right, minute four of Fallen Kingdom opens with dispersal after the Indominus Rex and ends with Marine One leaving the Fallen hybrid in the dark water. Um, as we open on minute four, as the robotic arm grips the Indominus uh, rib bone, a little sore appears on the other arm and moves forward to cut the bone free from the body. Surely they could give it a little bit of a tug um, and it would come away, <laughs> considering it's been underwater for six months. And they are after the DNA um, to make the Indoraptor. I'm guessing this bit of rib bone they're going after will be enough for that. I'm sure Wu gave them a brief of how much bone to get, because... Uh, they are pretty accurate with their saw sawing here because um, later on we see the bone in the container. There's probably under an inch of space either side, so luckily they uh, cut it to the right right dimensions to fit in that storage <laughs> container. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those Hollywood magic moments where the container they brought just so it happens to just fit the sample they take. <laughs> yeah, the, the sample they've never seen before. Or exactly. <laughs> like, they don't know how much they're going to be able to cut. They're not going to know if it's going to fit the box they brought. But yeah, somehow it just does. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it too hard. Yeah, that's I'm looking at new Marvel. There's a lot of Marvel stuff there. <laughs> exactly. Mar oh, Marvel's one of the worst offenders. <laughs> Sorry, Marvel MCU fans, but you know it to be true. Yep. And now it sleeps into Jurassic World or into Fallen Kingdom. Um, also, it makes me wonder too that this, with the skeleton being under the salt water for so long, whether the rib bone would be the best place to get DNA. Again, we would have been would have told them the rib bone's fine, but you'd think a um, bit of spine or neck or something where there's a bit more DNA or even a True, femur. I mean, like the vertebrae will probably still contain. Bar, uh, parts of the nervous system and 
that will probably give you a better, like you said, a better sample than just the bone alone. Mm. But at this point, it's, I mean, it, the bone is still fresh relatively, and it's still going to pretty much have pure good good amount of pure DNA in it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, looking at the, the um, scalp on the ground, it's the ribs are still intact. They're not cracked. They haven't been chewed on or anything else, it seems, as well, so... But as soon as uh, the piece is cut free, it, it's weird. It's like a uh, going back to Marvel, Iron Man. It's just the the claws grab the rib, and all of a sudden it detaches from the. Um, well, no, not Iron Man. It'd be more old Gundam <laughs> power fist, uh, where the the clawed hand sort of detaches from the arm, and all of a sudden a um, uh, inflatable bag you know, inflates and it starts its journey to the surface. Mm-hmm. And as we pan up to see the flashing beacon carrying the bone upwards, uh, we get a flash of lightning above the water and the silhouette of something massive um, swimming overhead. Which... (laughs) Our first sign that uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Obviously, the Mosasaur must swim over before the floating bag gets to it as well. Mm -hmm. Because we uh, cut to the surface as the storm continues to rage on. And we can see someone working on a portable generator. Um, and as we move closer, we can hear over the radio, specimen collected, sent to the surface. It was kind of funny. I'm almost surprised that they didn't make that reference in this scene just because, I mean, Jaws is owned by Universal and Emblem, so they're completely free to make the reference if they wanted to, you know? Well, what's weird? I mean, they, he... I mean, Nedry's actually watching Jaws in the first movie. <laughs> so there's a little Easter egg. It's a little, it's like only a couple of seconds of it, but it's on his back. It's on the screen in the background. Well, we do sort of get it in the score, not so much for here, but more so when the Trenosaur is stalking this guy. Like in the next couple of minutes, we sort of get that semi-Jaws theme in the score. But it would have, it would have suited here for the underwater stuff a lot more one thing that got me here that where this guy is crouched by the the generators um it's off the side of the the promenade of main street and not at the lagoon gates where you mentioned earlier on that um they would have had to tie into the the power system and it wouldn't be just a matter of hooking a set of jumper cables up to the gates and having them open um they've had to hack into the system here but it's, it's just weird again like i mentioned in the opening minutes um more of these generator work light floodlights here and um, mm-hmm. several generators around what looked like a workshop. I thought originally I'd brought this generator in to access the power grid and um, get the gates open and then use the um, the tablet to open it with the systems, but I would have thought this should have been happening at the gates and not at Main Street because if you're plugging a generator here, then you're going to be powering mm-hmm. a lot more than just those gates on the other side of the lagoon. <laughs> um, and again, go to, we're going to going to bring this up again later in the film why can't you just go to the control room there's something something happened to the control room we don't we can't go there in camp cretaceous we can't go there now and we can't go there later when they need to track blue it just frustrates me <laughs> i want to see ruin control room damn it <laughs> um, in um in camp cretaceous the kids are kind of always avoiding main street simply because they know Rexy has staked her territory and on Main Street, but the these uh, robbers are kind of at the disadvantage of not knowing that. 
So it kind of makes you wonder why didn't they go try the um the control room like these like you said. I mean, they wouldn't have known that Rexy has staked her territory here. Mm. And it is, it's far enough off Main Street, you could probably get to it without getting on Rexy's radar. But mm-hmm. um, The other thing with all the lights here, as I said earlier, making it seem like a much bigger operation, it sort of reminds me back to the Lost World novel where InGen went in and cleared all the technology out of um, Sauna. It makes me think here for all these work lights and that, that Maserani went back after the evacuation and maybe stripped stripped some of the place. Um, mm. And these lights and generators are just a after left stuff left behind from that. But but we know they didn't because otherwise the kids would have mm. probably either heard the helicopters or they would have found them or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been it wouldn't have been a two man crew doing it, it would have been a big operation exactly yeah i mean that's that's like deconstruction yeah yep um the guy at the generator confirms um the report and turns to tell air one clear for takeoff and um and begin tracking and as we can see a helicopter further down the street uh, powering up uh, he yells go go and we can hear the pilot over the radio saying tracking on so they're going to pluck that sample from the water uh oddly we don't see it we just hear over the radio that he's got it so um, as the chopper lifts off we cut uh, to something moving in the bushes as the guy generator turns to look in that direction on I should have mentioned minute one we're watching this on uh, iTunes movies that I purchased the film there's no Dilophosaur hoot in this version that I'm watching yes that is kind of the strange thing. It was like the, the theatrical release too, where some releases in theaters got the hoot sound effect, some didn't. My my theater didn't, but my home release did. Oh, weird. Is it is the weirdest inconsistency, in, in, in and I can't. And it seems to be just kind of a luck of the draw thing. Because I was gonna bring up the whole Dilophosaur in the room. Um... It's just a shame that the, the cannon's sort of getting a bit convoluted. We're told that Rexy was the only surviving animal from the park. Um, we didn't get to see or hear Dilophosaur in, in Jurassic World apart from the hologram. I was watching... I can't remember what I was watching now, but they were in... on Kalua Ranch or in the jungle somewhere. And you could hear this the Dilophosaur hoot from a bird in the background. Which made me think if if there's a real life bird in the world that makes that sound, there um, is. There's a swan. Yeah. So there's, there's they sourced can... a swan for that cooing sound that the Dilophosaur makes. So it's quite possible that okay, the fans are going to go straight to, to the Dilophosaur, but it could be just we are next to the water. Um, maybe a swan <laughs> built a nest in Main Street um, in the in the arcade here or something, but. Because that's a real-life animal and it's a real-life sound, and because we don't see the Lothsaw later in the film because of a cutscene we'll get to, it, it could it could just uh, mean that, no, there is no Lothsaw in this film. And, and having the inconsistency with the sound as well just sort of leans to that as well, mm-hmm. which is a shame. The 
thing is, is that I know that they originally intended for Velociraptor to have actually been part of the scene, but they just kind of cut it because they felt Rexy was enough. And they had retextured the 3D CGI model from the hologram from the first movie for uh, the scene so that it was actually... Um, so that it was actually like a solid texture, not just a hologram, mm-hmm. but ended up not using it because, as I said, it was um, they felt that it would have been overcrowded with dinosaurs. Like all of a sudden, the dinosaurs all converge at this spot at the same time. <laughs> well, we know from the end of Fallen Kingdom that Main Street is um, is hers again, and of course Camp Cretaceous, which we hadn't seen at this point, but she's um, she's nested in her old enclosure and. Um, is hunting area, so of course, if people are going to come back to it on back to Main Street, Rexy should be the one that um, they come across. Uh, but we cut to the lagoon surfaces, the inflatable bag surfaces. Um, the pilot reports in land one, the asset is secure. We got what we came for. Back coming back to you and uh, close the doors. Even though at that point they're just hovering above the asset and haven't actually recovered it yet, <laughs> so they're, they're optimistic that um, they're going to be able to get it. We don't see a long fishing pole or anything, so not quite sure how. But they um, they obviously get the get the asset back in the helicopter. Uh, back with Land One, he begins unplugging the cable to his tablet computer, and over the radio tells Marine One to get out of there. I've got to close the gates. And in the sub, uh, the black guy confirms, understood, we're moving out. Which makes me wonder why they're still here. They've they've got it. The bags away. Why, why? What are you waiting for? <laughs> maybe, maybe to make sure the helicopter does get it. But you've just lost your arm in an inflatable bag, so I don't know if there's any backups, any backup arms they can use to secure another, another sample. And uh, as the minute ends, the sub begins to back away from the Indominus skeleton as it uh, fades back into the eerie darkness. So that's our one little Indominus cameo for uh, Fallen Kingdom. Its uh, its legacy is going to be felt uh, going forward when, when we get back to uh, Lockwood's Manor and what um, Wu's been doing there for Mills. But um, mm-hmm. Dave, I think that's enough for minute four. How about we get heavy for the week? All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. 